My name is Elijah Coles Brown, and welcome to Where Did Our Dreams Go? Welcome to Where Did Our Dreams Go? Hosted by Elijah Coles Brown, a 19-year-old national motivational speaker, founder of his own company, Elijah's Motivations and Civil Rights Activist. On this show, he's talking politics, education, voting rights, women rights, and other issues, as well as how we can achieve the dream of a better society. We have, or you brought with you something that you're very proud of that you just got. Yes, sir. Yeah, tell us about that. So today is Martin Luther King Day, and I believe that one of the things that Dr. King stood for is selflessness. So here, um, I spoke at an event yesterday at the Petersburg Public Library, and at that event, I was able to meet the president of my university, and at that event, he bestowed upon me his act of selflessness and love, that compassion that Dr. King had, and he bestowed upon me his plaque that was presented to him for participating in the event to one of his students, and I just thought that was such an amazing opportunity. I'm so, I feel so special and so grateful for this. Wait a minute, wait a minute. They gave him the plaque. They gave him the he plaque. He was so impressed with he you. He so said, impressed. no, you get it. He gave it to me, <laughs> yes, sir. That's great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. Fantastic. I want to welcome you to yet another episode of my podcast, Where Did Our Dreams Go? I'm your host, Elijah Coles Brown, and today I'm extremely grateful because I have a very, very special guest on the show with me here today. He's a Howard University graduate, and he obtained his master's and doctorate at Northwestern University in civil engineering, and he is actually the youngest African-American to receive a PhD in civil engineering. He has served as a provost and senior vice president at Bethan Cookman University, served as the provost and vice president for academic affairs at Florida Memorial University, and he has served as dean and director of 1890 land grant programs at Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. Um, I had the honor to meet this wonderful man at an event in Petersburg, Virginia, and he was awarded a plaque for his attendance and outstanding service, and he actually bestowed this plaque upon me because he was so impressed um, by the speech that I gave at that event. And I was extremely honored because I have the honor of having on the podcast with me the esteemed president of my college, Virginia State University, Dr. McCullough Abdullah. How are you doing today, Dr. Abdullah? I'm doing fantastic, young man. It's exciting to be on your podcast. I'm so you glad to have you on. You did a wonderful job. You really did. Thank you so much. You know, um, as someone who's been a speaker for so long, and you know, I haven't had too much of a chance to talk to you one-on-one, yeah. um, but as someone I've had the opportunity to introduce former President Barack Obama, um, I've had the opportunity to be Skyped in and speak at the Democratic National Convention. Um, I've collaborated with several events for Reverend Al Sharpton and spoke at many of his National Action Network conventions, as well as the Thousand Ministers March. Um, I've even spoke at the Omega Institute on stage with people like Cornell West and yeah. Van Jones and Amy Goodman. Um, but despite all of the experience that I have, I've been speaking for about 10 years. Um, it's still amazing to hear people introduce me and to have someone, you know, read my bio and to list off some of the accomplishments yeah, yeah. Um, that I've done. How do you feel hearing one of your students introduce you? And list off some of the accomplishments that you've made. And I haven't even got to the things that you've accomplished as the president of Virginia sure. State. I, I tell you, that's an interesting question. Um, it's 
I think he, I think you'll agree with this. Uh, whenever you get introduced, it's always humbling. I mean, of course, they're always your highlights, and and if you're being honest, you always had a hand in writing it, right? <laughs> yes, but it sir. still sounds it sounds more impressive <laughs> when other people read it. Um, and it kind of I think sometimes, especially when you go into places, I still get a little nervous sometimes. Oh yeah. Uh, sometimes a nice introduction helps me uh, helps me get my stuff together. So, okay. Yeah, I like it. So thank you. No, thank of course. Um, and we have a lot that I want to cover with you today. Okay. I know we, we only have a short amount of time, but there's a lot of questions that I want to ask you because there's there's a lot of things going on on campus, but there's also a lot of things going on in the world today. Um, as we know, this month is Black History Month. Um, and as we both know, Black History is American history. Um, what are you doing as president of Virginia State and what organizations are you working with to ensure that the younger generation is learning about our history, um, especially in a time where younger people are seeming to care less and less about learning black history? You know, so I think the number one organization I work with is Virginia State University. Yep, of course. <laughs> um, uh, Casey Perry uh, on the student activity side, I think is doing some wonderful work. Yes, sir. Um, uh, really having Black History Month programs. I know many of the faculty uh, and the departments are doing the same in their courses. Uh, and so one of the reasons I work in an HBCU yeah. is that I believe that young people and I believe that history is so important. So that connection uh, is critical. Uh, and so we've got to do everything we can to make sure that when you all leave here, that you leave with, one, our history is so incredible and so fantastic that I believe for you it can be inspiring. Yeah. Right? So that's number one. Mm -hmm. uh, but two, even the parts that aren't inspiring, even the parts that are difficult to hear and difficult to, to, to really put in yourself, I think it's important that we know exactly what's happened to us so that we don't repeat the, the mistakes of the past. Absolutely. Uh, and so I am, you know, I, I really believe you all need to, need to learn as much as you can. Having said that, I'm not sure, I should, how do I say this? Young people, I was once young. I mean, yeah, it, was, it was a long time ago. <laughs> long, long time ago. Um, uh, young people, I think correctly so, are generally more interested in the present and in the future. Yes, sir. And so I'm never upset that young people aren't, aren't as into history as old. When you get older, you start getting really into it. Yeah. Um, but it's our job to teach it and to make okay. sure you know as much of it as you can. Do you think that the older generation is doing a well enough job to ensure that black history is being taught, especially since you're the president of HBCU? No, 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 no. I, th I think we can do, I think we can do a lot better. Okay. And, and it's not the information part or the trying part. Mm -hmm. I think... I think we try very hard. Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes as, as older people that we don't think enough about how we connect with you all. Like, it doesn't work. I can I can tell you a story or tell you a fact. Yeah. But unless I connect with you and what you're thinking about, um, it's not really going to have an impact. So I think we can do better with that. Okay. Um, there are a lot of homeless youth on Virginia State University campus, but also just in general, yeah. Colonial Heights, Petersburg area. That's where Virginia State is for my listeners. Um, and there's also those on the campus experiencing food insecurity. Yeah. Um, what plans have you put in place to aid those, and what do you have to say to them as well? Yeah, so we, um, one, it is um, terribly difficult um, uh, when people have those kind of financial insecurities. Yes, sir. Um, those are insecurities that sometimes stop people from going to college at all. Yeah. Uh, sometimes those are the insecurities that stop people from finishing once they start. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we we try to do as best we can uh, to make sure that we bring in as much financial aid as we can to assist students while they're here. Um, it is always disappointing that no matter how much we bring in, how much we give out, that it's really never enough. I think we could 
we could have a billion dollars and they would still be young people yeah. who deserve the opportunity to come to Virginia State who would do a great job that we just can't afford to support and that is and that's tough and then even when you have students on campus as you said there are some students who experience um, food insecurities mm-hmm. uh, we've established a pantry on campus uh, it exists in Foster Hall we have and we've had donations from organizations that have given us food mm-hmm. um, we have a closed closet with professional clothes that mm-hmm. we can address some of those insecurities uh, and so we try to do what we can um, it's just difficult to know sometimes that all that you want to do you can't do yeah so um, and I think that ties into my next question as well because you, you said that even if, you know, Virginia State University had a billion dollars, there would still be a lot of people experiencing yeah. um, pretty much being in need. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, I want to say that, as you probably already know, HBCUs are peaking in enrollment. Most colleges are, right. um, but HBCUs especially yeah. are peaking in enrollment. Why yeah. do you think that is? You know, I think it's a combination of two things. I think one, particularly for Virginia State, mm-hmm. we've got a wonderful, wonderful staff that works hard in enrollment. Um, they've been putting in some extra work in the past couple of years, and I think it's really paying off for the institution. I think you couple that with an incredible faculty and staff Mm -hmm. and students who have been doing some incredible things and bringing the spotlight to Virginia State and other universities bringing spotlight to HBCUs. So I think that's part of it. I think part of it, though, is is that there is a sense of um, uh, uh, division in this country. Yeah. I think that there there have been many who have sowed the seeds of uh, racial uh, division, uh, and I think that those who do that inadvertently, what they do is they help recruit for HBCUs. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you hear about the affirmative action ruling, and I was going to ask a couple, yeah, it happened a couple years back. Uh, that those kinds of statements that whether it's the Supreme Court or other universities make, mm-hmm. uh, that it starts to make uh, young people, particularly African-American young people, mm-hmm. look back on their HBCUs as, as a source of education. Absolutely. So. Um, do you think there are any challenges with the HBCUs peaking in enrollment? And do you think that Virginia State University is prepared? Uh, e- yes, uh, we're prepared. Mm-hmm. I-, I think the if you would ask me, if, if I could reframe your question, yeah. I think it's will... Do our HBCUs have have space and resources Mm -hmm. for every single African-American student that needs resources in order to finish college? And I'd say the answer to that is no. Okay. Um, And that's the answer we want to be yes, right? We don't want anybody to not go to college because they don't have the resources. And still, even in today, that's still the case. Uh, And so are we ready to grow? Yes. Mm -hmm. Are we ready to meet the entire need that I believe exists, not yet, okay. but we'd like to. Okay, that's wonderful. Um, one thing I want to talk about is early childhood education. Sure. Um, those numbers are dropping severely, um, partly due to COVID, partly due to um, parents not making sure that their kids are staying educated. What do you have to say and, and what are you doing as a president of a university to ensure that um, we can at least help those childhood, those early childhood education numbers grow. Well, for us, we want to train the best teachers that we can. Yeah. Um, we saw, uh, and just to go back a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, COVID was just devastating as absolutely education. Um, I think there were one. It did help us see that there were some things that we could do remotely, mm-hmm. where students didn't have to come to campus. So that mm-hmm. was a good thing. Yeah. Um, but the bad thing is, I think that so much of what we require in education is a sense of proximity. That it really does help. 
uh, for so many young people, it's better for them to be in an environment where they can learn face-to-face. Uh, and so I think it took, even at Virginia State, it took a couple years. Um, I think just this year, I think we've come back in a way where the number of kids I'm seeing going to class and, mm-hmm. and experience stuff is, is going up. Um, but it's had a profound effect of K-12 through also. And I, our main job, is mm-hmm. to make sure that we train the next generation of teachers through our college of education mm-hmm. uh, to be able to provide those uh, 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 those quality instructors and to continue to invest in you all as young people to say education is important and it remains important. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, the main topic that I wanted to talk about, and I'm, thank you for answering all those questions. You, sure. You're quick with it. You're, you get right <laughs> to the point. It's amazing. I try. I try. I, try. <laughs> I think the big conversation that I that I wanted to have with you today. So Virginia State University, for those that don't know, those that are listening in, um, has the opportunity um, this coming November, October? October 1st, 2024. All right. Has the opportunity to be the first historically black college or university to host a presidential debate. Woo! How does that feel? It feels awesome. It feels awesome. I'm glad. How How are you... Um, and how is the college preparing for such a historic yeah. event? So, just kind of nuts and bolts. Um, there's the presidential debate committee. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, commission on presidential debates. Okay, uh, they're a national organization, nonprofit that puts on all the debates. They've been doing this for forty, fifty years, mm-hmm. uh, and so they're doing a lot of the prep. If I'm being honest, that the multi it's going to be in a multi-purpose center. Yeah, um, they're doing most of the prep. Um, our job is to give them our building. Mm-hmm. And for them to set it up the way they need to. And so for the actual debate in terms of preparation between the Secret Service and the Commission on the Presidential Debates, they're handling most of that. Okay. Uh, for us, the challenge is how do we engage our community, engage our students, mm-hmm. uh, engage our faculty and staff? Um, how do we leverage uh, the media attention that will be on us Yeah. Uh, to make sure, one, that we capitalize for the students of Virginia State, but two, how do we make sure that more young people vote? You know, how do we and, how do we make turn that attention? And that's a big voting. that's a big thing. Um, voting is something that I feel like a lot of people on this campus don't take as seriously as sure, they should. Sure. Um, and I'm going to go back to the president presidential debate. But since you brought it up, I want to ask, how do you how are you planning to ensure that more students go out to vote um, besides using the presidential debate? Um, and what do you hope that? students get out of the presidential debate coming to Virginia State University? I tell you, the, so the number one thing I hope the students get out of it is how to think about the issues that matter to them and how to make sure that those issues are brought to the forefront. So one, you all are important in this country. Mm-hmm. And the debate, there should be a part of the debate that centers on the questions and the answers that you want to hear. Whether you hear the answers you want, Mm -hmm. they should be talking about the things that are important to you. Exactly. Uh, And then you should be voting on the things that are important to you. And I believe that you should be voting. Uh, One of the the more incredible things, not just being the first HBCU to host a presidential debate, but as far as we can tell now, this is one of the first times that where the debate is happening is also a polling place. Mm. So it's exactly where you can go and vote if you vote here. So yeah, for, I didn't even know that. Some of you, you vote at home, but for those of you who vote here, you'll vote in the multi-purpose center. And we want you to be able to exercise your constitutional right mm-hmm. uh, to vote. So I'm, um, you know, I, I want you to be more interested. Uh, I want you to think about politics as something you can do. Um, I want you to believe you can change the world. Uh, and I want you to vote. 
Absolutely. I think the problem, as far as my generation, I think the problem is we're not motivated. Um, I, me, myself, I registered to vote when I was 17. I Obviously, I've been speaking. Voting sure. rights has been one of my talking points. So I've been campaigning, been out on the field, doing the phone. I was in the phone calls at four years old. Right. I was, um, you know, knocking door to door when I was eight. So for me personally, I've always had, you know, someone in my support system to motivate me to vote and to motivate me, you know, and teach me the importance of going out and voting and voters' education as well. What can we do to encourage the students of Virginia State University um, about the importance of actually getting out and exercising your right to vote? Uh, brother, I think, um, I think I should be asking you that question. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, we're going to do everything we can, but it's almost like what I said with black history yeah. is, I think that we do it. I'm going to say all the right things. We're going to have signs up. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to go to a bunch of classes. A lot of the faculty are saying it. Mm -hmm. But the real thing is, and this is where we need young people's help, how do we connect with young people with the issues and the challenges that young people face? Yeah. I mean, it's easy for me to tell you why I think you should vote why, for the issues yeah. that are important to me mm -hmm. and issues that I believe should be important to, to you. To us. But really, it's... How do I get you to vote based on the issues that are actually important to you, not the ones I think should be? Yeah. And so I'm not sure I got a great answer mm -hmm. other than the fact that I am looking for help to find it because okay. this is, you all are an important generation. Mm -hmm. um, I believe you have the power to change the world. And I think that this is a part of that. Right? I, think, I think social unrest, I think social media activism, I think uh, uh, economic uh, boycotts mm -hmm. are all important. And voting is a is important too. I think they all work together Absolutely. for us to make things happen. Now, moving back to the presidential debate, sure. um, and I think this goes hand in hand with kind of answering your question, but kind of extending the question as well, as far as, you know, how can we encourage Virginia State University students to become more involved in voting and politics? Right. Um, what is the process that you that you guys have in place to involve Virginia State University students sure. with the actual political debate that's sure. going on in sure. October? So we have well, one, and you've been in the multi-purpose center. Your yeah. your viewers may not have been there, but it's a pretty large arena. Yeah, um, it will be kind of draped, and only a small portion of that arena will be used. Okay, and so the number of tickets will be absurdly small. It, yeah. Absolutely. Limited, I, I assume um, so. From what I understand, there will be a percentage of tickets that we will get, um, and we don't know how many that'll be. Okay. We really don't know. Okay. But whatever that is, whatever it is, students will have half of it. Okay. Right? And so if the number's 20, students will have 10. Okay. Number's 50, students will have 25. So y'all going to do like so a lot? Do you, as far as what you're going to do, is it going to be like some side of lot? lot Excuse me, lottery system or selling the tickets? Something, no, definitely not selling. Not to students. Students yeah. won't be buying tickets, right? Mm -hmm. The students who will be who will be there will be students who are terribly interested. Mm -hmm. uh, we haven't figured out a process yet. I imagine that I'll work with three organizations: probably mm -hmm. the the uh, political science organization, the NAACP, yes, and SGA, mm -hmm. to figure that out. Um, and but but I I don't know yet. But yeah, it will be a course. process that's. That's designed by students for students. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, of course, we've had some some terrible incidents that have happened um, close to our campus, not directly sure. on, but close to our campus as far as gun violence. What have you done and what, what are you planning to do to encourage um, students, not to encourage the importance of, you know, advocating against gun violence, but to kind of 
make sure students are stay informed and stay well educated Oof. about um, that specific issue. Here's what's interesting. You really walked you right into I think people don't understand the impact of voting and how that can help. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, marches are important and talking to your elected officials is important. But voting people in who care about gun violence the way you do mm -hmm. so that they can change the laws. I mean, one of the biggest challenges that we all face in this world and we face at Virginia State is that we are not, there's not a way I can separate Virginia State University from the rest of the world. Yeah, of course. And not. so the, the gun laws and the ability of people to have guns and, and use them, um, if they can do it in the community, they can do it in and around Virginia State. And so um, to me, I know this is an important issue Mm -hmm. for young people, but I'm not sure that they are, they understand. And again, that's my job. Mm -hmm. My job is to help you understand, right? Yeah, of course. But I'm not sure that people really understand the connection between uh, uh, gun violence, uh, gun control, and, uh, and voting. And so I need to do that. Do you think it's an issue now, you know, when you bring up voting and when you bring up the importance of actually doing something when it comes to um, curbing gun violence, right. do you think it's an issue when students complain about the safety that's on campus when it comes to, you know, students getting shot around the area or even, you know, people coming on the campus with weapons. Do you think it's a, it's an issue when, when the students complain about the safety of and the security around campus? No, 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 no. I, I don't. I think that um, regardless, I want you all to vote. Yeah. Right. And I want you to vote for the issues that are important to you. Okay. At the same time, um, I fully understand and respect that Everybody wants to be safe on campus. Of course. And we're doing every single thing we can. We've, um, we've hired more officers. Mm -hmm. We have cameras everywhere, which is why <laughs> with every incident that's happened, we've always caught people. Right? Mm -hmm. um, I strongly encourage the students to, to, to speak up when they see something. Yeah. Uh, don't put it on social. Well, you can put it on social media, but mm -hmm. also call the police and let the police know. Of course. And so I think that safety is important. We all have to do our work and do that together. And I am never disappointed mm -hmm. that someone talks about that. Mm -hmm. That's that's important. Yeah. You know, and it and it never ceases to be important. So yeah. Absolutely. Um, one thing I do want to ask, as far as other HBCUs, what, what have you, um, well, actually, before I even get to that, because I didn't even get a chance for you to actually list off some of your accomplishments and some of the things you've accomplished so far at Virginia State, um, and I think it's important to highlight that. Can you, if you don't mind, list some of the accomplishments Sheesh. that you've, you've done since you've been the president? Well, I'll tell you, look, the, the, probably the biggest one, there's not a greater accomplishment than students graduating. Of course. There isn't. I'll, I'll name a bunch of other stuff, but mm -hmm. to have commencements happen, you know, twice a year in the spring and in the fall, and to watch young people graduate and go off and do great things. Like, what, what year are you in school now? I'm a sophomore, so you're I'm second year. Second year, so two more years. You know, you're gonna exit this place and then go off and do some great things. Our alums, I'll, they are, they are our greatest accomplishment. Is our alums. Yes, sir. Uh, but other things. So we are the uh, fastest growing institution in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Oh, that's that is um, awesome. We've grown almost thirty percent in three years. Um, we've got the presidential debate. We're very excited about that. Um, the women's basketball team right now is ranked in the top twenty-five. Oh, We're really excited! That's about great. That. 
currently constructing a brand new hundred fifty million dollar. Oh yeah, uh, Alfred W. Harris Academic Commons. You see it. Oh yeah, you walk by it every yeah, day. Every single day. <laughs> um, we're going to be building another building right after that in the parking lot of Rogers Stadium, and then we're going to build an addition uh, to 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 Foster Hall over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are in the midst of the biggest capital improvement um, uh, in Virginia State University's history, and so I'm really proud of the work that everybody's doing. Mm-hmm. And then probably the latest one I mentioned earlier, we got the debate. Yeah. Got the, got the debate at Virginia State. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> we, there's so much going on around campus, so many improvements that you've done since you've become the president. Um, and I definitely want to say that I know that, you know, I, I was in high school, middle school, yeah. you know, before, you know, a couple of years ago. But I've been on Virginia State University's campus back in, I think I spoke here back in 2015. And I think you became you became the president in 2016, 16, correct? Yeah, yeah. The amount of improvement that I have seen on this campus since you have become the president has just been immense. Um, and as a student, you can see it from in a day to day basis. It's it's been such an immense improvement on not just the infrastructure, but you know the amount of people that are here, the the qual- you know the teacher quality. Everything has just been such an improvement since you have, you've taken office. So thank you, sir. Of You're course, a good man. You're a good man. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Something else, um, and it just came to mind that I want to ask you. Um, and we were talking about affirmative action earlier, and I, yeah. I, want, I wanted to highlight that. Do you think that affirmative action is a, a reason that HBCU's enrollment has peaked and, and, and is so high in this current day and age? I think, I think that is certainly a part of it. Uh, I think that the affirmative action ruling... I think in some ways has sent a message to many young people that they may not be wanted other places. That doesn't mean they're they're not wanted, but I think Mm -hmm. it's helping to send that message. Um, And let me be crystal clear about this too. I think that uh, regardless of the positive impact it's having on HBCUs, uh, that I believe that the affirmative action ruling as it came out was wrong. Yes, sir. Um, I think it's bad for black people. Absolutely. It's bad for black folks. It's it's, it's bad for me. Absolutely. Um, And even if it, it, it's positive in the short term for HBCU enrollment, um, it, it, it's not good for the long term. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we want, I want students, young people, to be able to choose whatever institution that they want to go to. And I want every school to be open and friendly and want you to come. Mm-hmm. Um, if you come to Virginia State, I don't want it to be because it's the only place you can come. Mm-hmm. I want it to be because it's the best place for you and that you looked around. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I will continue to fight for um, uh, programs at other institutions that help you all be safe and be welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll keep fighting for laws to make that happen, too, even if it's at the detriment of our enrollment. Because what's good, we have to fight for what's good for black people. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Yeah. What do you do? And I know, obviously, this is your job. It so, is. So, <laughs> of course, this this is your your life. Yes. But what do you do outside of being the president of Virginia State University to ensure that, you know, you're not only educating young people, but you're, you know, educating those who, and speaking for those who feel like they're voiceless. What do you do, you know, outside of being the president of Virginia State? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. I I think I'm at a place, how, how do I say this? I think I'm at a place where a lot of what I do, I'm so associated with Virginia State mm-hmm. that I'm not so sure there's a there is a professional part of me that is separate from VSU. From VSU. Right? 
And so whether that's being a member of the NAACP, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's going to Richmond and talking to legislators, um, I'm always going to do what I can to mm-hmm. be an activist for our people, but I, I get to do it as the president of Virginia State. Right? So, so I'm not sure that there's a, that there's a delineation. Um, and I think that's probably a good thing. Okay. It's probably a good thing. And, and being able to hang around and get to know young people uh, helps me realize, one, helps me keep hope in future generations and helps me keep fighting. So, yeah. Now, the last question that I want to ask before I turn the floor to you, okay. to, to, you know, for any comments, concerns, okay. anything that you want to leave, the, the title of this podcast is Where Did Our Dreams Go? Do you believe that young people have stopped dreaming? And, or this is a better question. Okay. Do you believe that there are too many young people that have stopped dreaming? Not young people as a whole, but too many young people that have stopped dreaming um, and, and created aspirations for themselves. And if so, where do you think those dreams went? I'll tell you this much. So I don't believe that. Um, one of the best things, again, about being at Virginia State is getting a chance to hang around young people. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've learned is that if I let, if I open myself up to let myself learn from young people, mm-hmm. that I can get smarter. Yeah. And so, look, I am not saying that the majority of young people at this age are know exactly what they want to do yeah. and are running full speed towards making the world a better place. Mm-hmm. But we weren't either. When I was young, it looked... Uh, very similar to what is happening now. Mm-hmm. But I believe that there's so many of you who want the world to be better. You're not always sure how to do it, right? But you want it to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that every single student that's here wants a better life for themselves. They may not know what that life should be, mm-hmm. but they want it to be better. And I believe the young people who aren't here, that they want that too. And the question is, is how do we do the best that we can to give you the skills and the outlets to be able to do it? And, and that's our job. Like, I... I, I believe you all still dream. Mm-hmm. I believe those dreams are big and they're important. And our job is to help as best we can for you to chase those dreams. And, and some of you will start running fast towards your dreams at mm-hmm. 16. And some will start running fast at 26. Yeah. And some at 36, some mm-hmm. at 46, some mm-hmm. at 50. You know, mm-hmm. but, but as long as it's there, that, that, that you'll take advantage of it. So, no, I am very hopeful for the future. I believe... I believe in y'all, and um, I have I have no problem turning this world over to y'all. For those that you've ex- for those students that you have experienced, where mm-hmm. you feel like they don't have dreams at all, they sure. they because you know there's a lot of young people that come to school just to get away from home, just to have a place to live. Right. They don't know what they want to do. What do you have to say to those young people, and what are you doing to ensure that? Um, they can have a dream and they can achieve whatever they want to do in their lives. I tell you what, look, it's a, I think there are people who believe you've got to have something big. And I think you do, right? Mm -hmm. I think you have a vision for yourself that is outlandish and large and you're excited about moving towards it. But I don't think you need that. Yeah. I think you need to have dreams that are just for today are fine. And if, Mm -hmm. If I wanted to leave home, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And now once you've left home, now the question is, what do you want now? Yeah. What do you want tomorrow, right? 
And so you don't, it doesn't have to be big. Uh, it can be as simple as I want to make more friends yeah. or I want to make some money and support myself. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as it's something where it's not going to hurt someone else mm-hmm. and it's not going to hurt you, yeah. right? And, le- and if it's going to give you a good mental outlook, then it can be good. And so I think that, um, uh, I think some people don't know, like even what you said, they don't have dreams, but they want to get away from, no, you you want to leave home, that's a dream. Yeah. Everybody didn't get a chance to leave home. Mm-hmm. All right, so I think one, we want to put it in perspective and just be encouraging. My, my job, I think, is just to be encouraging. I have seen, young man, I've seen people that folks would give up on. Yeah. Um, be some of the best leaders I've ever seen. And so for me, it's, I just tell everybody, hang, hang in there, right? Whatever you got for today, do the, do the best you can today. And then tomorrow, do the best you can tomorrow. Of That's course. It. If you just do that, not a half bad life. Dr. Abdullah, do you have anything you want to leave for the audience? Any c- comments, anything? I don't know. I mean, other than the fact that this guy is 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 all leaned up and I'm sitting back. So I, look, <laughs> I look small. I probably should probably should lean forward like him. See, that's what I should have done. Now the interview's over. It's too late. No, we're in my office. Um, uh, you see the wood paneling. I got a bunch of bunch of wood behind me. Uh, but it's a nice office. It is the office of Virginia State. And if any young people want to come by and see see their office, they can come by and see it. And I'm proud of you. Thank you so much. And all the work that you're doing. And uh, thank you so much for having me. Dr. Abdullah, I want to thank you for being on the interview with me. And it was such a pleasure talking with you. No problem, man. No problem. Thank you. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning into the second episode of my podcast. If you made it all the way to the end, I want to give you a special thanks um, for showing your continued support for my endeavors. Um, this is just the second episode. We are going up. We're going to have so many more special guests um, that I'm extremely excited about uh, within the next coming months. Of course, I um, air this podcast once a month, every third Sunday of the month, so you don't want to miss the future guests. I had the amazing opportunity to interview President Abdullah of Virginia State University and hear about some of the things that... Um, he sees and that he wants to change not just within the Virginia State community, but also within the United States as well. And I had an amazing opportunity to have him on the show. And like I said, we're going to have some more amazing guests on the show. So I want you guys to please stay tuned. If you enjoyed, please share it out to your friends and family to make sure that they can hear some of the messages that um, I have planned for the next uh, coming months and for the next um, year or so. So again, I want to say thank you. I do have a couple announcements that I want to make. First, of course, and I'm going to put all of my information on the screen. I want to continue to encourage you to visit my website. If you want to access any further information regarding me, um, you can access my website, www.elijahsmotivations.com. I will place that on the screen, as well as my social media, which is at ECB motivations on instagram and at ecb motivations on facebook as well you can also catch this podcast if you're not watching it already on youtube um at where did our dreams go that is the name of the youtube channel but i also have another youtube channel where i will be uploading my speeches which again is at ecb motivations and all of that information will be flashed across the screen um just as a announcement I do want to announce that, again, I will be speaking at the 
teen enrichment networks stop the violence youth summit that is going to be at salem fields community church at uh, in fredericksburg virginia um at 10 a.m so parents please bring the youth out that is the time where youth are going to be able to talk and, and be able to utilize their voices in a, in a world where young people aren't being as heard as they should. So parents, bring the youth out. Youth, tell your parents, bring you out to this event. It's going to be awesome. We have so many um, people lined up that are going to not only be giving motivational speeches, but also giving the, uh, the youth a chance to have a Q&A and just have a talk. Um, not just with adults, but with, amongst themselves as well. So again, I want to encourage you, please, please, please follow all of my social media. Um, keep streaming the podcast and stay tuned for further events and for future episodes. I, of course, air every third Sunday of each month at 5 p.m. That's when each new episode airs. So again, I hope that you guys stay on the lookout for the next episode, which will be happening in March. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you guys have an amazing and blessed rest of your day.